Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Thank you and great to be with you, everybody. This, um, this space looks very much different to the last time I was here. Uh, it looks, looks really fantastic. So great to be with you and to have, feel this, um, this sense of movement that things are happening here. Uh, and Moe is uh, finally figured out what all the letters stand for and how it fits together this morning uh, is, is um, one of the most exciting pieces of that to be involved in. This, um, uh, the, the theme of kind of going on a journey with God uh, that's what I want to talk about today. And so thanks for the lead-in uh, and that sense that God's figuring all this out, uh, what, what we're going to talk about together today. Um, I've come from Pathways, path just down Pendle Hill there. That's my home church. They're so not too far away from you guys. Uh, they're all meeting by Zoom today. So uh, I'm used to Zoom services. Uh, so I'll try and think of people who are out there as well as people I can see here. Things I'd love you to do while I'm talking are to sign up for our prayer news uh, and make sure you're up to date with the things that are going on at Global Mission Partners. There's a sheet down on the table at the back there uh, and if you're online and you want to just put your name and your email address into the chat box, we can pick it up from there. Also down the back are some Bright Solutions products. That's been one of our projects in Vietnam, uh, which is actually closing up this year. So this is kind of your last chance to get some of those. Uh, so again, stuff down the back, or if you um, put Bright Solutions Vietnam into your search engine, you'll get them direct. Or if you go to gmp.org.au, you can find your way from there uh, as well. So, yeah, so please keep all of those things in, in mind. I, I want to do really three things uh, together this morning. I want to give you a, uh, just a basic overview of Global Mission Partners and what it is and how you're already involved with it, even if, even if you didn't know that you were. Uh, and then secondly, I want to look at the idea of partnership uh, and one story from Philippians uh, about partnership and how, how that might be relevant for us. And then thirdly, I want to look at a particular partnership, a particular overseas partner that GMP is currently working with. All right, so that's, that's my big three-point plan. Uh, so come on that journey with me, if you will. Let's pray that God will take us there. Loving Father, we're excited to be together and to sense that your spirit is here, uh, paving a way ahead of us, going out in mission uh, before us, uh, in all sorts of directions, right here in Penrith uh, and then stretching out uh, to the ends of the earth. So we want to listen together to you and so we pray that you'd be alive in each of us and our spirits would be responding to yours as we speak together this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. There you go. So I'm just going to do three slides on global mission partners, one on global, one on mission and one on partners. So here's the global one. There's about 10 countries that GMP is involved with. As you can see on that little map, they're kind of spread kind of all over the joint. Uh, and they've really come about not from a plan that drew a circle on a map and said, oh, this is close to Australia, we'll just go there. Uh, it's really come about from God's spirit connecting us 
to people, to Churches of Christ people in each of those countries in different ways. Some we sent missionaries to from Australia in years gone by. Some people from those countries came to Australia as refugees uh, and challenged us to get involved in the country that they'd come from. And different stories about each of those. And I'm going to tell you one of those stories a little bit later about one of those countries. Uh, it's also Churches of Christ in Australia. So um, GMP joins you with churches not just throughout New South Wales but right across Australia. So you're connected to Esperance and Bunbury and Subiaco which are all right along the west coast there of Australia. It joins us all together in God's mission beyond the shores of Australia. Uh, here's the mission part. And mission for us involves a whole lot of things. Uh, you might have seen these little logos on the, on the map there. So this, this is the code to the map, if you like. So the little yellowy-orange one there called Church Partnerships is about our work in church planting, in evangelism and in ministry training. So we call that International Church Partnerships. The second one there is uh, called Relief and Development. So that's our work in helping poor communities get started in education, in health, uh, in livelihoods, uh, and, and helping plan against disasters, a whole lot of practical things like that. So if you like, that's the, the word and deed of the gospel, reaching out with the words of uh, the good news, but also practising the deeds of the good news, and trying to do those things together in a way that helps people understand the fullness of God's love uh, for everyone across the world. So there are two overseas programs, those first two, and as I say, they work together, uh, and they're really only separated because of the Australian government. The Australian government says you can't get a tax deduction for the first one, but you can get a tax deduction if you give to the second one. So there are two overseas programs, and then the second two, uh, the next one is Indigenous Ministries, so the last six years, I think now, uh, Global Mission Partners have been responsible for our national indigenous program and so we're working with indigenous communities in church building and in community building as well, right across Australia. Some in New South Wales, uh, Victoria, right, right around the country. Uh, and then the third one is our community of young people. We call it Embody uh, and uh, Adam's alluded to that already. They're the guys behind the Safe Water September campaign and a, and a number of other things are uh, really working to engage young people in God's mission around the world. Uh, so there, I got interviewed for a podcast this week, so there are podcasts that these guys are sending out. A whole lot of stuff. So if you want to get involved in Safe Water September, again, just put Safe Water September into your favourite search engine and it'll come up and everything you need will be online there. Resources, videos, um, as well as a place to sign up. Uh, at the moment, the, our oldest young person that's got involved in Safe Order September is 83. So if anybody here wants to challenge that limit, you're most, you're most welcome. It's for everybody get involved in Safe Order September. So there's mission, uh, the, the, all the different things that GMP is involved with. Uh, and then thirdly, partners. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Um, but uh, we like to think that we know the locals. Um, that is, we, we really want to work with people who are already in the country. So most of the time, we, in those countries that I showed you, we're looking for the Church of Christ organisation there and we sit down with them and say, where do you think God is leading you? 
What's God's mission in your place for you guys? And how can a bunch of people from Australia help out with that? So we're really trying to get alongside people and empower local people in ministry. And so, um, and, that, and I guess for me that kind of sounds the obvious way to do things. But um, we, just one little story. We, we get um, audited every five years because some of our money is tax deductible, you see. So the government wants to check up and make sure that it's, we're doing all the right things with it. And so a bunch of three people usually come uh, and kind of check us out. Uh, and so people from the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade came to check us out a couple of years ago. And one of their comments was, you guys, you really know your partners. You really know the people overseas that you're, that you're working with. And uh, we were a bit struck by that because we kind of went, well, well, yeah. like." Uh, but they obviously don't see that in every place that they go. I, I sense that there's a much more contractual kind of relationship with, uh, with the people that other agencies work with overseas and that's what they were reflecting. We know the locals and uh, we work through partnerships. Now, here we go. So I'm going to just uh, talk a bit more about this idea of partnership uh, from just this little passage at the front of Philippians 1. So Paul says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Uh-oh. Oh, have you heard nothing? Sorry, <laughs> I thought there was a second... Second, uh, yes, there is. No? Oh, I thought there was a second page. Sorry about that. Okay, so just, just on, before we go to a, a little video, I just want to pick up on one word there in verse 5, and that's this word fellowship. Now, some translations will have partnership, actually. Uh, and... I've picked this one with fellowship in it because I think fellowship picks up a little bit more of what I was just saying in that story before, a little bit more of the, um, the personal connection, the relational connection, the human connection in partnership. And uh, we don't use that word partnership very often, but it's actually in this little video that we're going to watch next. So I want you to um, just have a look at this little clip uh, and think about... What does it tell us about this idea of fellowship or partnership? And what does it tell us about mission and the way we might go about mission? Now, the guys in this clip weren't thinking of mission in the same way that you're thinking of it, but there's actually a whole lot of parallels. So let's see how we go here. Thanks, guys. Jump out. Have you heard nothing Lord Elrond has said? The ring must be destroyed. Arsha fools, you think you're the one to do it. And if we fail, what then? What happens when Sauron takes back what is his? I will be dead before I see the ring in the hands of an elf.
take the ring to Mordor. think what do you what do you see in that story that uh, uh, that might give us some pointers for mission some enthusiasm yeah some readiness to go someone else I heard yeah 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 one that one to set it off or someone to say I'm going to do this uh, and that there was a cascade of people following after that wasn't there everybody got involved Unity for a goal. It drew them all together, didn't it? So they're all having a big fight. You know, what colour is the carpet going to be? How's this going to go? We don't trust each other. But when someone stepped forward and said, let's go on a mission together, everybody drew in behind that and there was a sense of unity in working together, wasn't there? Great point. We, um, we know about the... Uh, uh, the armour of God, um, and they, um, there's a sense in which everybody offers their gift there. So there are people that, that are good with arrows, there are people good with axes, there are people good with swords, uh, and so we're putting on the full armour of God. But people are bringing their gifts each to be used in that mission, aren't they? There is a sense of fellowship that builds, if you know the story, over the length uh, of that group being together. And you saw in that scene the little guy, you know, the dwarf, uh, uh, and the, the, the short red-headed one with the long beard, and then the tall blonde guy. They're, they're, they're kind of arch enemies at the beginning. And you heard him say, I'll be dead before I see the ring in the hands of you tall blonde elf. But that relationship progresses as they go on mission together throughout the story. Uh, and it comes to a point where the little guy says to the big guy, oh, there's this giant chasm here, I want you to throw me over. 
And so the relationship and the trust is built to the stage where he allows himself to be thrown over, whereas here um, they're enemies. So that, uh, that sense of mission actually brings us together. It gives us a purpose together. It, it draws us into relationship in a way that, that perhaps nothing else does. Uh, it gives us something important to do together. So let's have a look back at, um, at Paul's situation as he talks to the Philippians and see if it's, if it's something like that at all. He, he talks about the partnership that they have in the gospel. Uh, and the story behind this is really that uh, Philippi was probably one of the first places that Paul went to when he heard that call from the man from Macedonia coming, come, saying, come over here and help us, that's in Acts. Uh, and so he comes to that part of Asia and starts to preach the gospel and a congregation kind of forms in Philippi. And there are three stories of three groups of people that become Christians early in that ministry at Philippi, again in the book of Acts. Um, and so this church forms and it seems that that's not the end of their relationship with Paul. As he moves on to other places to preach the gospel and to share the good news and to form churches in those, people from Philippi go with him or support him in that journey. And so they have this ongoing relationship in mission which, uh, which goes out, if you like, further from Philippi. And so when he writes this letter to him, he does so on the basis of a long-term relationship that they have together. A relationship, I want to suggest, like what we saw on the video, a relationship built on a mission that they worked out together and which drew them close in relationship to one another through that. So you'll see in that, uh, in that opening part of Philippians such affectionate language that he has for them. He longs for them with the affection of Christ Jesus, he says. A very close, personal relationship. Um, and so this idea of partnership is about a personal relationship. It's also about having something practical to do together, having something to focus on and work on together. So I can go to... Yeah. So I, I just wanted to get a few... Like, so that's my perspective from here in Australia. What do people from uh, further afield think about that idea? So this gentleman is a theologian from uh, Uganda or Kenya? Yeah, Kenya, there we go. Uh, and he says this, relationships lie at the core of global church partnerships. They are meant to reflect theological realities. As churches on different countries and cultures, we need each other. God has entrusted resources to different churches that we might give to each other. Uh, so he's saying, well, th this isn't just a thing, a way of getting things done. This is actually God's, part of God's plan for people all over the world from different cultures to actually work together in partnership in God's mission and to be enriched by that and to reflect the nature of God, the global God, uh, in the way that they do that. Now, for us in Australia, that means there's much for us to learn. It puts us in touch with Christian communities who are strong uh, while they're the minority in their country, while they're oppressed in their country, where, while the government is not really letting them worship even in the way that we are here today. It puts us in touch with communities who are joyful in their faith even though they don't have much cash. 
joyful faith in the midst of poverty. Uh, and um, in some practical ways too, there are upsides of working in partnership. It means there's less language learning, it means there's more cultural awareness. People who look like me don't have to go to a country, spend a couple of years learning a language, start to figure out the culture uh, and maybe catch up with that in 10 years. There's less cost, there's more long-term stability. You remember a few years ago, a number of agencies got thrown out of India. They were foreign agencies, the government was a little bit upset about what they were doing uh, and so they threw them out and their mission stopped. Didn't touch global mission partners because all of our agents in India live in India. They can't get thrown out, they're part of the place. Uh, so we have that long-term stability there. More local empowerment uh, and that mutuality in connection that we've started to talk about. You can see in the slide there, um, that's John Gilmore, my boss, uh, handing over some uh, blankets, I think you can see, to, um, to two of the leaders of one of the hostels uh, that we help out with in Bangladesh, hostels that enable uh, young children to go to high school because there's no high school in their, in their little town in the bush. So those blankets were made by a church in uh, Victoria and so part of our job in going over there was to hand over the blankets. So that was our gift to them. It wasn't long before um, some of the children from the hostel turned up with parcels for us. They had gifts for us as well. Uh, you can't see it here, but when we unwrapped those parcels, guess what they were? Blankets. <laughs> so we had a blanket exchange. <laughs> and so I've got this beautiful um, woven Bangladeshi blanket at, at home. And, uh, and so um, I, I, for me, it was just a picture of mutuality, isn't it? You know, we're, we're giving you a gift uh, and they're giving us a gift and it turned out to be exactly the same thing or our own cultural version of the same thing. So I want to tell you a bit more about Bangladesh actually. This is the railway station in Dhaka, which is uh, the capital of Bangladesh. As you can see, there are more people than that railway station can possibly handle. This is characteristic number one of Bangladesh. Very, very crowded. The um, part of Bangladesh so the, that we're involved with is actually one little corner, uh, the southeast corner there. So the map up in the top corner of that slide is actually Bangladesh as a whole. And you can see in the bottom corner of it uh, a little green patch. And that's the uh, Bandaman or Chittagong Hill Tracts. It's uh, a quite a mountainous area. And as you can see, it's right on the border there. And so when some uh, British person drew the boundary, they, they went around that on the, on the uh, eastern side rather than the western side. But of course, the, the people actually relate a lot to those on their eastern boundary in Myanmar. Uh, and so they're, they're people who are not the same um, kind of racial group as the ones you saw at Dhaka Station there. Uh, and so the Bengali people, who are the majority people, they don't really like these guys very much. They're actually a bit suspicious of them. They're different culturally. Uh, and in this green area that you can see on the map there, there are about 10 different groups. Some are Christian, some are Muslim, some are still animist, um, uh, and some are Buddhist as well, actually. 
So a whole mixture of groups and a mixture of racial groups, as I say, quite different to the, the Bengali majority. And that means that the government monitors this area very closely. So the two times I've been there, I have to go to a police station every time I go to visit something. Uh, usually somebody uh, from the police station goes with you to watch what you do. And on a number of occasions, we've been told we can't go at all to some of the places that we would like to go. Now we're working on that, but it just gives you a picture of how these guys live. So they've, they've, there are army camps throughout this area ready to, um, ready to resist any uprising from this group. The, the main government's actually worried that they might secede and make their own country or they might join uh, with the next door country there. The main places, if you can see the map that we're involved in, are Bandaman at the top, uh, Rongcheri, which is spelled a different way every time I see it, uh, and then Ruma. So they're the big three uh, places at the top there. So keep them in your memory because I'll come back to those. The story really begins with this man, uh, Varna Baum, B-A-W-M. His father was an evangelist uh, and as he grew up, he actually headed off uh, to India to go to Bible college. Now, the Bible college that Varna went to happened to be a Churches of Christ Bible college. So when he returned to his native uh, Bangladesh, uh, the churches that he planted were Churches of Christ churches. In fact, uh, there are about 17 churches now that have come out of the ministry of Varna, which make up the Bandaman Hills Churches of Christ. And that's the group in Bangladesh that we work with. Uh, so evangelism, uh, outreach in, uh, in that part of the world literally means putting on your backpack uh, and going on a hike. Uh, and you can see something of the, the track here that runs through the hill. Uh, it also means jumping on a boat sometimes and working your way down the river. They're reaching out. The Baum, B-A-W-M, tribe that he's a part, with, part of are now majority Christian uh, after some 90 years now of the gospel being in their community. And so they've started reaching out to the next door group of people, the Maru people. Uh, now, there's a number of evangelists involved in that, and this guy is called Menpoi. And notice his surname, Maru, M-R-U. And that's the tribe that he belongs to. So everybody uh, in his area has that same normal, that same surname. Benpoi is actually one of the early converts from that group and is now an evangelist back into his own people. Uh, and so he's part of a group of about seven that Australia supports in reaching out to the Maru. In 2015, um, Bandaman Hills Churches of Christ set a target that they were going to try to um, see one church planted each year and 100 people come to Christ. They overtook that uh, target in uh, 2016 and so now their target is 200 each year. Uh, you have to wait till there's at least 10 people uh, before there's a baptismal service, which is what this one is here. This is another form of their outreach. This is uh, Daniel, I think, one of the evangelists who runs a dispensary, which is like a basically a chemist shop selling some basic medicine. So he 
uh, takes people's um, blood pressure and does a few basic tests as well, but he uses that opportunity to share the love of Jesus with people uh, at the same time. Thank you. Um, here's a church service. There's, um, there is this amazing fellowship, as we were talking about, in the community there. They just love getting together to eat uh, and to talk and to sing and to praise God. There's one of their churches. Of course, they have youth ministry. That's what their youth ministry looks like. And they share communion together. Uh, now, on the... Um, on the kind of uh, uh, relief and development side, the kind of green side of the ministry from that map I was showing you, one of the practical ways that we're helping out is with some hostels. And this is the Wrong Cherry Hostel, uh, that, middle, that middle town on the top of the green map before. Um, and so we're, we've worked with them for maybe six, maybe eight years, um, trying to strengthen the hostel, training the managers, getting some good child protection kind of systems in and also working on their, um, their economic support so that they're more self-sufficient. So that's the Rangcheri um, Hostel. This is the Bandaban Hostel, which shows your feature number two of Bangladesh. It's crowded and it floods a lot. Uh, and the, the Bandaban Hostel uh, has been inundated a number of times. Here's some of the kids' books after the last flood. So they've actually, we've actually helped them move out of that and there is a plan for a new hostel that I'll tell you about in, in a little minute. So they're the two hostels. And uh, here's one of the ways we're helping them with income, uh, which was to set up uh, a pig farm. They actually um, buy the little pigs uh, and distribute them to people in the church. Uh, and so you'd take a couple of pigs home, would you? Uh, and bring them back in six months, nice and fat, and we will sell them. So the church member's job is to fatten up the pigs uh, and then when they're sold, the income goes to the hostel. Doing some similar things with cattle, turmeric, ginger, a whole lot of things are happening there, which has meant for the last year, yeah, a bit more than a year actually, we haven't actually supported the hostels financially. They're now generating enough income themselves. They do have a system for charging fees as well, but they've set up um, their own little system now that they're self-sustainable, which is always our goal. We don't want people relying on us forever. We want to help people get to the next stage of supporting themselves. So that's the hostels. So our next project there is this sanitation project. Uh, and so these are people from the Maru uh, tribal group that we were talking about. Uh, and so our community work is happening in the same place that our evangelism work is happening, or Vitamin Hills evangelism work is happening. Uh, and this is everybody uh, as part of a workshop about how to build a toilet. That's actually a sheet of corrugated iron that everybody's got. We've kind of wrapped it up into, a, into like a tube so it's easy to carry around. Here's a better picture of how, how the latrines work. And of course there's hygiene training that goes with that. We've rolled out one lot of that and we're just starting for the second round of uh, getting that out there. Again, it's about empowering people. So it's not gonna, we're not gonna give everybody a toilet. We're going to run some training about hygiene. We're gonna some run some training about building toilets and we're gonna build a few. Uh, and from that, encourage and motivate people to go and build their own, which is what happened in the first round that we did. So we end up building about, I think 5% of the toilets that got built. 
people took it from there themselves. Maybe I'll just say click and you guys at the back can do this. <laughs> Thank you. So here's Varna's version of what I've just told you. Uh, my name is uh, Varna Bohm. In my language it said Nadamma. Uh, I've been working with BACOC called Pandavadiya Church of Christ. And the Otis ministry that we are working with is the, to the Muru community. We are reaching uh, with uh, eight different villages, having six uh, churches building, doing uh, developing leadership uh, training program. Leader uh, uh, to get strength and to develop his skill matter of inspiring someone how he can manage himself. Uh, we have been developing like uh, children education uh, and also adult education, youth uh, leadership uh, training program. Uh, the tool that we use uh, in terms of evangelizing, uh, we uh, make um, uh, leaflet, gospel text in their own languages. We also engage uh, with uh, women ministry. The women ministry, women are making handicraft, uh, selling the products uh, to the local people and also sometimes they send to the GMP in Australia. And this fund, uh, how they utilize is all about, they also support some pastor, local pastor, and also supporting uh, the outreach ministry. Partnership is all about together we pray and together uh, we share our love and sometimes our sadness and we com uh, comfort and encourage one another. Together we work and together we stand and together we share the love of God. You see the event emphasis on discipleship there. I just want to pick up what I was saying about hostels. Uh, this, uh, just, just imagine that your office, Adam, was uh, like this. You looked out the door to a waterfall and all these beautiful trees. This is the new Barnum and Hills Churches of Christ office. They've just kind of started there. But the plan is that we will shut down the two hostels and we'll build a bigger hostel here uh, and kind of centralise everything. So that's the challenge. If we look on the next slide, please. Yeah. Uh, here's the guys starting on that, uh, on that building work, um, cut, cutting a log to, to help on that building. The one at the, kind of at the back there is Varna. And I, and I guess um, they're, they're shouldering the weight of this building, they're shouldering uh, this ministry and calling us to shoulder it with them. Will, will you put your shoulder to the bar there uh, and support the ministry of the good news going out in Barnabin Hills and indeed in all sorts of places with GMP. Please make sure your name is on the, the prayer list there to get news about GMP so we can keep in touch. Please have a look at the, the things up the back or, um, or have a look at gmp.org.au uh, to see the things that we're doing there. And I really look forward to talking with Gail and Moe and being on this journey with you to see where God takes you in mission, in reaching out uh, with the love of God. Let's pray. Loving Jesus, you loved us first uh, and we praise you for that. May that love well up in us that we might share it and be it to others. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.